Hello and welcome into the Rob Logic Podcast. It's Victory Monday for those Minnesota Vikings winning one of the greatest NFL games I have ever watched in my entire life. So many ups, so many downs. It felt like Minnesota was going to blow that game. It felt like some of the inconsistencies offensively would come back to bite them. But this team is resilient and Minnesota found a way to win it was very very ugly but it doesn't matter eight and one minnesota vikings top of the nfc north second in the nfc behind the philadelphia eagles they'll be playing a little bit later tonight against the washington commanders but man minnesota against the buffalo bills what a game and once again situational football this team excels at it and even when all the cards were stacked against this team late in the game after a failed fourth and goal, the defense comes up with the capitalizes on the mistake by Josh Allen. Eric Kendricks falling on that ball in the end zone for a touchdown. You never see that. You never see that in football, but we saw it there. And then the defense, epic collapse. Granted, Granted, the Gabe Davis catch shouldn't have counted, but still, as a defense, you shouldn't just let a team drive down the field like that. Held them to the field goal, though. Sent it to overtime. Gave this team a chance to win. And Minnesota did just enough. Patrick Peterson, a couple of interceptions. A couple of fumbles recovered. This defense continues, continues to force turnovers. And it, it doesn't always look pretty defensively, offensively, special teams. It's not great. Greg Joseph had another missed PAT that almost cost the team a victory. But once again, this team finds a way to win. It doesn't look good. But a win is a win. And when you look at those standings, the Minnesota Vikings are 8-1. and one. Packers did get a nice overtime win there against the Dallas Cowboys to show a little bit of life. I still don't think Green Bay is going to be able to do enough to win the division. But who knows? Packers may be able to grab a wild card spot. The NFC is going to be wide open. A lot of the teams aren't performing to the standard and expectations that a lot of people thought they would but what a game all the fourth down conversions by this offense they didn't get the one down at the goal line on fourth and goal but fourth and 18 that catch by Justin Jefferson I mean oh my goodness that was wild one-handed contested catch with all that on the line and then JJ Playing a big role in the Dalvin Cook long rushing touchdown. And hey, I mean, if you're Minnesota, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Just keep feeding Dalvin Cook. I think for this offensive line too, I mean, they enjoy run blocking. Let's, let's hand the ball off more to Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and you know, Kirk is going to be more effective on some of those bootlegs and play-action passes because 
you have two really talented backs, but <sighs> I mean that's really nitpicking though because this team is eight and one. It's hard to criticize a team. I mean, there there's moments in the game where this offense looks unstoppable, like one of the best in the National Football League. But then we have these inconsistent time periods. The third quarter's been a quarter of issue for this team all season long. But in the fourth quarter, this team gets the job done. Kirk Cousins gets the job done. I was ready to, you know, when it looked like the Vikings were going to lose yesterday, thinking about what I'm going to say after the game for this podcast and some of the talking points. And I, I've been a big defender of Kirk Cousins ever since he's come to Minnesota. But I really felt like he cost the Vikings a chance to win that game against the Buffalo Bills with some of the decisions. He had the pass that he airmailed to K.J. Osborne and then just threw it right to Buffalo Bills DB. I mean, it just cannot happen. Um, that's not what you're paying him to do. And it just felt like, you know, the criticism was worthy after a game like that. But turns out it didn't matter. Those mistakes, the team picked him up and then he came back and delivered uh, when he had to. And he didn't let those mistakes compound. So kudos to Kirk for just forgetting about those interceptions because I think in the past we've seen times where you know if Kirk is having a bad day at the start you can just tell it's it's going to be a bad football game right and we we didn't see that against the Buffalo Bills he was able to kind of showcase some of that resiliency that this team has and it just seems like such a such a loose group out on the field and I mean after yesterday they have to believe that they're in every single game all the time doesn't matter what the score is so I just hats off to this coaching staff, Kevin O'Connell and company for getting these guys ready and really just being completely the opposite of last year's team where we saw a Mike Zimmer led team that always kind of choked games away at the end and they couldn't win these close games. They made it much more difficult on themselves and what they had to this team has made things difficult but it hasn't resulted the end outcome and that's okay I would rather this team play a bunch of close games here during the regular season than blow everybody out in the regular season then finally come to a tough game in the playoffs and that be the first time that this team has been presented with a game like that I think it's really important for teams to be battle-tested during the regular season. I don't care if it's ugly. If you find ways to win, that translates in the playoffs when all these games are going to be pretty close. So for Minnesota, it it hasn't looked good, but I, I really think it's time that people start having Minnesota in the conversation of the best football team in the National Football League. I know I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, now, after this team beats Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills, one of the Super Bowl favorites, they need more credit. I understand it's easy to look at the schedule and say, well, what have they done? What has this team done? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they've 
they've beaten pretty much everybody, minus the Philadelphia Eagles, but that was that was in week two. You have to remember with the way that the preseason is this year, most of the starters aren't playing during the preseason. Those first what happens in those first four weeks of the year tend to you know, there's there's some crazy stuff that happens. I don't think that if Minnesota played Philadelphia again right now, I don't think that that would be the same outcome where Minnesota was basically beat in every single aspect of the game. I think it would be much closer. I don't know that Minnesota would be able to beat Philadelphia, but that's a game that I think could go either way if we're looking at those two teams playing right now. So for... The Vikings, I, I do really think they need to be up there in the conversation with the best teams in the National Football League. And for the Buffalo Bills, can can we stop? Can we pump the brakes? I mean, everybody thinks that this team is going to win a Super Bowl, but they haven't made it there yet. And for Buffalo, it just doesn't look like a very disciplined team. And the Vikings had a clear advantage when the game was on the line. They'd been there before. And they knew how to close out and finish a game by any means necessary. And the Bills, all they had to do was make a couple of stops. You make one fourth down stop, you win the game. Not the one on the goal line because we all know what Happened with the little dropsy there on the, the snap. Josh Allen not able to hang on to it. And then Minnesota defense capitalizes with a touchdown. But th this team, I mean, if you make one of those 4th and 18, yeah, Justin Jefferson made a hell of a play. But still, that, that shouldn't be converted, you know. Um, then... Going all the way back to the you know fourth and short conversion with KJ Osborne, you know earlier in the game he, he ends up spinning off a defender. They they had Osborne dead to rights before the line to gain, but somehow it just seems like Osborne wanted it more. It seems like TJ Hawkinson on his fourth down conversion wanted it more. So I think at some point, you know, I do feel like Vikings, you know, this is a signature win. This is what all the national media has been waiting for. They finally get it. But at the same time where Minnesota is going to get praise, I do think there needs to be some criticism of this Buffalo Bills team because now you're looking at this group that was picked to win the Super Bowl. And they're what, third best team in the NFC East right now? Going by record behind the Jets and the Dolphins. Now, credit to the Jets and the Dolphins for the things that they've been able to do this year. But to me, the Bills, why are they behind those two teams in their own division? If that's the Super Bowl favorite. And they get talked about on a weekly basis. Josh Allen did this. Josh Allen did that. Well, Josh Allen is making some concerning decisions in the red zone. Yeah, he puts up great stats, but when you talk about 
what wins football games at the National Football League. It's situations. The Vikings have been doing a really good job with situations. Now the Vikings could be a lot better in the red zone, and I'll get to that a little bit later, but we're talking Bills, talking Josh Allen. Allen, you cannot make these mistakes in the red zone. He's a favorite for the MVP. It's, these sort of mistakes just don't happen. Yeah, he's going to put up all the stats, but I, I don't see how he can be one of the favorites for the MVP yet have this glaring issue of not being able to make the correct decision in the red zone. He takes too many risks down in the red zone, and quite frankly, it's cost his team a couple of wins so far this year. So I think at some point they'll be talked about the way that they need to, but right now, I don't know. I think national media gets a little too – it's easy to fall in love with the Bills' defense in the offense when they've got Stephon Diggs and company, uh, you know, all these guys that Josh Allen can distribute the ball to. And, and, I mean, it does make sense. But at the end of the day, the guy that is – like, that that's leading the MVP race shouldn't be making these sorts of – decisions that lead to turnovers in the most critical part of the field that's just my that's my two cents on it I mean I, I love Josh Allen as a quarterback I think he's a lot of fun to watch I think he's great for the game I just think uh you know maybe he's not the maybe he's not at the Patrick Mahomes level though that we want to put him at because I don't know. I just don't think I don't think he's quite there yet. He definitely has all the tools to be able to do that, but I think decision making in the red zone that's one thing that he needs to add to his game if he wants to be in that MVP race and I because that that needs to be better. It's not going to impact his stats. He's still going to put up just crazy mind-boggling numbers, but as far as his team and what translates to wins and losses, you know, those those turnovers costed him a game against the Vikings, costed his team a game against the New York Jets. Now, Kirk Cousins, yeah, he had a couple of bad interceptions against the Buffalo Bills, but it didn't cost his team the game. He didn't make those turnovers he didn't make those poor decisions in crunch time when it mattered most now I get it the one fourth and two you're not hurt if you throw an interception in that situation but still it's it's concerning that you know in overtime that it's kind of the same thing where Patrick Peterson's able to jump a route get the interception and secure that W. And then also, I mean, you know, minus the interceptions, all you've got to do is hang on to a snap. Even if you get tackled in the end zone, that's a better outcome than giving the Vikings a lead. And then you have to be forced to drive down the field and score. 
And this Buffalo Bills team, I mean, they've done a great job of putting up a lot of points, blowing a lot of people out over the last few years. But what do they do in one-score games? You know, where the Vikings this year, they've done a great job in one-score games. They're perfect. So it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Buffalo Bills are fun to watch. I think they do have one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. But let's pump the brakes on all those Super Bowl talks because it's easy to talk about them as Super Bowl favorites preseason, and that's fine. But now we've got a little bit of a book for this year on those Buffalo Bills, and it doesn't seem like this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. I don't trust them. I don't trust them when it comes time for the playoffs because I'm going to put my trust with uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to put my trust in, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. I know they've had a tough year, but I, I'm going to put my trust in, you know, those quarterbacks before Josh Allen just because they, they've been able to do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. That's something kind of moving forward throughout the year. I think uh, we'll have to watch. I, I think they can improve on that and everything, but right now I, I don't think they should be in the conversation as a team that can win, win the Super Bowl just because I do not trust them when it comes time for the playoffs because when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be playing a lot of teams that are very, very good, and you just cannot make those sort of mistakes when so much is on the line. So um, losing to a team like the Jets, losing to the, the Vikings, the way that they did, um, having those turnovers from your quarterback come back to bite you, that's not a recipe for success. Now I do think that as the season goes on, they can definitely improve on some of those things, but Josh Allen has to get better in that area quick. And also, he's got to do a lot better job of protecting himself because trying to run through absolutely everybody on the field, uh, thats you love to see it as a fan, but I'm sure the front office just holds their breath every time he lowers that shoulder into a linebacker or a DB. As he's, you know, they, they had the injury leading up to this week and it, it didn't hold him out and it still looked like he was able to do a lot of the same things that he can do and it didn't hinder him one bit so I mean that's all that's all nice but you know that is I think that should be a reminder that you know injuries can happen and while he's lucky that it didn't keep him out of the game it, it, <laughs> something something else could and I don't think diving into Patrick Peterson leading with that elbow that you've injured is probably the best best idea but then again who am i i'm just sitting in a you know nice comfy computer chair right now i don't make millions like josh allen does so i mean it's it, <laughs> i'm just leaving it at that so <laughs> i love the way he plays the game though i i love to see it personally but I, I'm also not a fan of the Bills, though, and I'm sure Bills fans are probably on edge every time that he does this, some of that stuff, too. But I love to watch it as a fan of football and as a fan of watching guys just kind of, you know, put put it all on the line. I mean, extremely competitive person, and 
I mean, he, he does a lot of things that you just don't see many guys do out there on a football field. And it is, it is fun to watch. It's must see TV all the time. And, you know, I think that's, that also speaks to just how big of a win this was for the Minnesota Vikings. So now we're going to turn the page and talk about the Minnesota Vikings red zone woes. It did not cost them the game against Buffalo, but this team has to be able to punch the ball in from inside the 10, not even inside the 10, inside the five. What is up with this offense going backwards every time we get to the two yard line? It, it, that was, uh, that was so frustrating to watch in the Buffalo Bills game. Like, I don't know how you get down there. And then I, I think, I don't know. I, I love, like I said, I love Kevin O'Connell. Love the job that he's done with this entire team, the way he's running the staff, the way the players are playing. It seems like everybody has a lot of fun and, and loves to play for the guy. And, and I, I love all of those things. But I do feel like the play call is getting a little too cute inside the 10, inside the five. I don't know. It's, <laughs> again, it's tough to criticize things after a win, but, um, you know, it, it was ugly. And I do think that there were some things that this team needs to clean up. And specifically, inside the 10, Minnesota needs to be able to punch that ball in for touchdown. And right now, it, it just doesn't, they can drive all the way down the field and then have issues in the red zone. Now, granted, they're not turning the ball over, so that's that's a good sign because um, everything that I just talked about with Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins isn't making those mistakes. However, like you have Dalvin Cook. Okay, this guy, you saw what he did on the 85-yard touchdown gallop. Just give him the ball. Just run it. Run it with Alexander Madison. Just go straight, halfback dive, right down the middle. I mean, some of these play calls, it just feels like they've gotten way too cute down by the goal line. But, hey, a win's a win. So, moving forward, I, I want to see Minnesota be able to convert at a higher rate with touchdowns. Because anytime you get inside that five, you shouldn't have to settle for a field goal, um, not with an offensive play caller like Kevin O'Connell. You know, this team should be scoring touchdowns at a high rate, especially when they get the ball inside the five. Um, it is tough to score. Obviously, you know, the field shrinks and all that. But when you have the running backs that Minnesota does and you have a fullback like C.J. Ham, saw Ham get the ball, a nice little handoff. That was a, that was a great play call design. I, I loved it. He scores, you know, like, let's see more of that. Let's see more fullback dives. Let's see more. I just think that at some point this team needs to kind of look at that and go, okay, you know, maybe we don't need to try and pass it all the time when we get down inside the five because, um, yeah, and, you know, if you do, look for, look for Adam Thielen. He's great down by the goal line. I mean, I love Justin Jefferson, and he's he's awesome, obviously, but – also, when you get down by the goal line, he's going to receive, excuse me, 
obviously when you get down in by the goal line, he's going to receive even more attention than he does throughout the rest of the field. So that's the only thing about Justin Jefferson is I feel like Adam Thielen or TJ Hawkinson, like those guys got to be open. And it felt like the team was almost trying to force feed um, Hawkinson a little bit down there. And I, I know that, yeah, it felt like there were a couple missed calls, but I thought the rest let them play. Um, I was more upset with the fact that the game didn't stop for the Gabe Davis, that ruling to be um, reviewed. Uh, I just don't know how that happens. You know, like they were so quick to review the Justin Jefferson score that was called back because he was down at the one or the two yard line. And, you know, so I think that that was the biggest issue I had with the refs. Um, I thought they let him play, but, you know, you could say that there were a couple of grabs there, but I, I thought that they called it well. They let him play. Both teams were doing it. Um, you saw JJ later in the game was kind of looked like he was getting pretty handsy with the DBs as well. So I, I am a fan when refs kind of do that and just let, let the players play. Now I did think it was kind of a ticky tacky call there on Andrew Booth at the end of the regulation, but because <laughs> you can't let the guys play for four quarters. And then at the end of the game, be like, okay, we're going to you know, call this pass interference and I mean, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Vikings, uh, you know, they won the game. So, um, I thought the rest did a good job of letting everybody play, but back to my point, it's like, um, you know, if, if the refs are letting them play, uh, you have to understand that. And I think a couple more handoffs inside the five, inside the 10 would have been better for this Minnesota Vikings squad. That's Scoot. That's my dog, Scoot. He's trying to get on, on the podcast, doing a little bit of whining next to me there. Got anything you want to say, Scooter Booter? Huh? Now he's just giving me kind of a dumb look. He's a little confused right now. All the lights are on and everything, but... Yeah, so, I mean, for, for Minnesota, um, I just want to see this team over the next couple of weeks clean up some of the things inside the red zone and convert at a higher rate with those touchdowns because, let's face it, the kicking, Greg Joseph, has not been good. I, I mean, that that is the one weakest point of this team as we kind of move into the, I guess we've got about still about half the season to go. A little under half the season to go. So, Greg Joseph, I mean, these missed PATs, they, they've overcome it all year long. They've overcome the missed field goals. Grant, he's been, I think, I think he's been perfect from inside 50 with field goals. But when it's the PATs, he can't convert. And I'm waiting for the game that that comes back to haunt this team. And who knows, maybe it will be. Maybe it won't be until the playoffs. Maybe it'll be, you know, another kicker costing the Vikings a game <laughs> in the playoffs. It'll be shades of Blair Walsh and Gary Anderson. Hopefully not, fingers crossed. But I think Greg needs to, I don't know, Minnesota, I get that kickers, it's hard to find a good kicker. And Greg is probably their best option because I don't know who you would find as a free agent that would be better. But still, like, 
that's the part that scares me about this team because defensively, I was I was very nervous the first couple of weeks, but now after seeing what they do and everything, yes, that defense is going to give up a lot of yards, but also they're going to create a lot of turnovers. That's not something we saw out of the Mike Zimmer team of years past. This defense also is going to play really well uh, for certain downs and, and get the sacks when necessary and give this team a chance to win. That's what they did in Buffalo. That group did not play great, but they played great when they had to. And I'm not talking about them allowing you know the Bills to drive right down the field and then kick that field goal to tie it. I'm talking about earlier in the game keeping that game close because there were times when this team needed a stop and they got it. And that's what this team has been able to do all year. That's what they need to continue to keep on doing. And I do have confidence in that group. I know it's not going to look great. Teams will be able to pass. They will be able to run the ball all over the field. But when it is crunch time, when the team needs a stop and they need that offense to get back on the field, this group will come through, and they've shown it every single time so far this year. So I think that group, yeah, they can do some things better, and I would like to see more blitzes personally, but I can't argue with the results because this team has forced a lot of interceptions with the way that they've been playing. So it, it's one of those deals where, yeah, I, I would like to see some things done differently. I'd like to see them clean certain things up but kind of this shell coverage that we're seeing it's it's worked for the most part and when teams get down into the red zone it's very hard to score against minnesota you know see josh allen had a couple of red zone interceptions you know when the field shrinks it really reminds me of the san francisco 49ers team that had better personnel on that side of the ball with patrick willis and and some of those guys but it really kind of reminds me of that group a, a little bit, and you know they're they're doing a good job. You know it's that whole bend don't break mentality. We'll let you have all the yards, but when you get inside the red zone, we will make it extremely difficult for you to score the ball. Now they they weren't great early on against Buffalo in the red zone. Buffalo was able to score with the couple of Singletary uh, rushing touchdowns and um, Gabe Davis had the touchdown catch where he got, you know, both feet in, you know, so throughout that game. But again, though, you also had two red zone turnovers that this defense forced. So, you know, that's that's very encouraging that this team can play uh, that way. And I've just kind of accepted the fact, like, look, I'm going to trust the offense. I'm going to trust the defense. They don't seem to uh, consistency wise. I'd like to see both just have four quarters where they play lights out on both sides of the ball. I've come to accept though, that that's not going to happen, that it's not going to look great. But at the end of the day, this team will make plays when they need to, and they're not going to let things get too out of hand. They're going to keep it close and just do enough to win a football game by whatever means necessary. And I think we all just have to enjoy it. It's fans like 
these are great football games that we're watching. We're watching some amazing football be played in very critical situations. And for this team to be undefeated in one-score games, that's awesome. That's great. And it's, it, it really kind of tells you just the resiliency that this group has. I mean, I'm going to be talking in a lot of cliches here, but it's all true. So, you know, for this team, there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of tough games coming up on the schedule. Dallas Cowboys, you've got the Jets, the Giants are also on the slate coming up. And those teams are very, very good. So, I mean, it's we're still at a very early point in the season in terms of, you know, there's a lot of tough opponents coming up on the schedule. And we will find out exactly how good this Vikings team is because, First, it's the Bills. Next, it's going to be, you know, the these other teams coming up. I think they have the Cowboys next. So, yeah, we'll we'll find out exactly how good this team is, and that's that's great. But you know, as a as a fan of the team, I've had my heart broken so many times by the Minnesota Vikings. But I will tell you what, this year so far has been. One of the, it's been a fun year to be a fan. We don't have many years like this. And you can just tell that this group is something special. Watching Justin Jefferson on a weekly basis do his thing. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's exciting football. The turnovers that this defense is creating. Yeah, they keep you on the edge of their seat, but it it's fun to watch a team win a close game. I would much rather watch that. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care how many issues it may look like the team has. At the end of the day, if they win, they win. That's all that matters. And right now, the record is 8-1. and one. It's been a fun ride. It's only going to get better. I love the journey. And this is just, oh, it just really reminds me a lot of the 9 team just as far as kind of the, you know, through the first the first few weeks there with Favre and everything, um, you know, they, they won close games similar to how they're doing right now. Um, you know, and it was the incredible catches. Remember Greg Lewis? Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> – we, we saw that catch in the back of the end zone. We see – Justin Jefferson on fourth and 18 with the one-handed grab, the contested one-handed grab. Like, it's a fun, fun group to watch, and I am just going to keep enjoying it. And if you're a Vikings fan out there, just just have fun with it, okay? It doesn't matter what this team has done in playoffs past. None of that matters because this is a this is a special group. This is a unique group. It's easy to be a Debbie Downer and say, oh, well, what will they do when the playoffs come? What will they do when this comes? Oh, Kirk can't win a playoff game. Well, I mean, you know, and I I understand some of that, but at the same point in time, can we please just live in the present? The team is 8-1. and one. Enjoy it, okay? And when the playoffs come, the playoffs come. You never know what will happen when you get to the playoffs. You just got to get there. And guess what? The Vikings haven't been to the playoffs in a couple years. Can't do anything when you're at home watching the games. You can do something, though, and you can make a run when you are playing in those playoff games. 
And Minnesota is going to have a very, very good chance of doing that. They put themselves in a great position so far. Still some things to clean up offensively and defensively. But you know what? That's just part of going through a season. That's part of you know working through this. And I think people forget this is Kevin O'Connell's first year as a head coach. This is a new offense. This is a new defensive scheme. And the team has been able to win despite kind of working through what you have to do through with having an offense that you're trying to install in everything. Like Because we've seen in the past when the Vikings have new offensive coordinators and this or that, where it seems like it takes a year and then the second year things really seem to take off. And we, we always hear the excuse given, well, it's the first year in this system. It's the first year in this system. And for whatever, you know, offensive coordinator taking over for the Vikings in years past. And we haven't seen the results. But guess what? We're seeing the results right now with Kevin O'Connell. We're seeing this team making the plays necessary to win football games. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Five years ago, could you imagine a Vikings team converting as many fourth downs as they did to beat a team like the Buffalo Bills? No. I would have told you you were crazy. Five years ago, would you imagine a Vikings team you know, winning with uh, fourth and 18? I mean, you, you just you didn't feel that. Realize I'm saying five years ago and talking about the 2017 Vikings with Stefan Diggs, Case Keenum and company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> that team also found ways to win. But I'm I'm talking about in general. Uh, we, I I just haven't had that feeling. And you know, even with that 2017 team that did amazing things, I don't think you know we're going for it. I don't think the Vikings are going for it on fourth down as much as is they do in order to, you know, win win a football game. So that's that's just it's some differences, but in general, as a Vikings fan, and I know, you know, twenty seventeen was a great year. Probably not best for me to say five years ago. But I I will say though that in general, we've never seen an offense like this from Minnesota that's been as aggressive. Um, you know, wh- whether it be fourth down or some of those things. And, and I think they're, they're really paying off and this team seems to respond every time that Kevin O'Connell trots that team out there and says, Hey, want you to go for it on fourth down. And, and that's a great sign to see. And, you know, I, and, and I think Vikings fans do understand what I'm talking about because we've gotten so used to the third and 15 or the third and 12 and, and guess what it is it's a it's a halfback screen like every single time and with this team it, it doesn't feel like when you get the down and distance that they're just going to try and get better field position for the punt it, it doesn't feel like they're just trying to grab a few extra yards for a punt or a few extra yards for a field goal it feels like this team actually is going to you know make a play call that could get that first down and that's that's just the biggest difference that I've noticed with the team from this year they've been much more aggressive and I love to see that because yeah Kirk Cousins numbers have been down 
but for the most part, he's done a good job of protecting the football. Now, he does have more interceptions this year than what he did all of last year. But I feel like situationally as well, Kirk has been a lot better than what we've seen him maybe in the past. And that's why we see so many things that are different about this year's team. That's why I don't worry about the future or think about the things that have gone wrong with this team when it's come to the playoffs. So I'm just enjoying the fact that this group is 8-1. and one. They've been fun to watch. They've been winning games. And it's it's been a lot of fun to watch this team. And Patrick Peterson, I think he had a great quote after the game talking about uh, they just want to prove themselves right because they've believed that what this team is capable of. And so I, I think that's that's really great and kind of encaps, encapsulates encapsulates just what <laughs> struggling with talking encapsulates what this team uh, really is kind of going for and just how how this group has been overlooked but just the whole vibe looking from the outside in it, it just feels like a different Vikings team and that's that's so much that that's such a relief as a fan because every year, you know, we try to tell ourselves, oh, this could be the year. Yeah, we got we got the potential. We got this guy. We got that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the talent. All the talent. But it never really it never really translated, though, to success or or deep playoff runs most of the time. Like the the year that they go to the NFC championship game, that was kind of a broken year like you got the backup case Keenum playing I mean that was a great year to watch but that was just that was weird <laughs> I mean there's no way to put it I mean at the beginning of the season you think that the sky is falling and but that that group was special and they found a way to do it and you know I think that this group as well feels like a group that is destined to make something happen. Now, I don't know if it's going to result in a Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll be able to get out of the first round of the playoffs. I'm just telling you right now, if we look at these first nine games that the team has played, it just feels different. And I love that as a Vikings fan because I tell you what, we always in the back of our mind know about the chokes and the poor play and we we always get excited because oh yeah we're gonna have an exciting team we have this wide receiver or this running back and it just hasn't ever amounted to anything so to see this group you know when with a new general manager with a new head coach it would have been easy for the front office to say hey let's try and rebuild to get a team to win in the future but i think um Kwesi Adolfo Mensa did a great job in the offseason of making the moves that he could to strengthen this group and not going into a full rebuild. And then saying, hey, it's a trade deadline. Let's go out and get a star tight end from within the division. I mean, that's that's fun to see a front office saying, hey, we're all in. And for the players, that's got to feel great to understand that you've done enough to this point in the season that your general manager is going to go out and add a big piece 
to this offense because he believes that this team is going places. We've never seen a splash like that at the trade deadline out of the Vikings. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's been one, and it just none of them are really ringing a bell. And I could be completely wrong, but I don't, I don't think there's ever been that big of a trade at the deadline. And then to see him make the impact that he has against Washington, against Buffalo, like this dude's already a big part of the offense, and so that's nice to see that they're not just wasting him they're actually using him and seeing the way that he's getting worked into the offense I think Justin Jefferson is going to reap the benefits I think Adam Thielen is going to reap the benefits KJ Osborne everybody because he is kind of the guy to take away some of that pressure and he's he's a tight end that cannot be ignored with some of the things that he can do and he's a good blocker as well so I think that was just a really great trade. And as a fan, on the outside looking in, huh, that was nice. To see a general manager actually say, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to add this guy. And there you go. This will make the offense that much better. We've got a chance here to do something extremely special, something that other Minnesota Vikings teams have not been able to. We're going all in. All those chips. Sliding them up. And that's great. Now, I know with the cap issues and everything, like he's done a great job of managing all that. So I don't foresee Odell Beckham Jr. joining the team. But I tell you, if Kwesi is able to is somehow able to make that happen. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) This will be like unlike any other Minnesota Vikings season I've witnessed in my entire life. So I I, for the record, I don't think that that will happen. Like I said, Vikings do not have I, you know, the cap issues and all that. But if Kwesi is able to make that cap disappear magically and do something where it's, you know, highly incentive-based or that that loaded signing bonus. I don't know what they do. Whatever. If they're able to make that happen, I mean, whoo, that'd be nice. And Odell, I'm sure he wants to go to a playoff team, and, you know, it looks like the Vikings are going to be one of those playoff teams. It looks like Minnesota is one of the top teams in the NFC, if not the entire National Football League. He's familiar with Kevin O'Connell. He's familiar with the offense. So, I don't know. I think that would be a really, really cool piece to add. But I am extremely, extremely happy the team went out and got TJ Hawkinson because Irv Smith going down with the injury. He also hadn't been playing, I think, to some of the expectations. He, He was dropping too many balls early on in the year. So, for Minnesota to go out and get a reliable tight end, I think that was really huge. So um, hats off to Kwesi in the job that he's done as this team's general manager. It's just year one, but um, I don't know what the future will bring. I don't know if some of these moves hurt what the team's able to do in the future, but right now seeing the team go for it, that's what you have to do because these, these opportunities to win and do something – Incredible. They don't come around often in the National Football League. So 
I'm glad that they're going for it. And TJ Hawkinson, I'm a big Iowa Hawkeye fan. So to see TJ coming to the Minnesota Vikings, that was kind of like a, it was a, a little bit of a dream come true, you know. So that that's it's all really, really good stuff. And I love where this team is at, 8-1. and one. Um, You know, it's it's the schedule is going to get tougher. But I think, you know, I, I feel really, really confident in this group and the things that they've been able to do. So that's all I've got to say. I know we're like, what, 48 minutes deep into this. But, oh, man, I just after yesterday's game, there's just so much to dive into, so much to talk about. Um, as a Vikings fan, I'm loving, loving what this team is doing right now. And, hey, let's enjoy the ride, Vikings fans, all right? Got another tough game coming up this week with the them boys. But, hey, I'm happy with where his team is. So, enjoy the win, Vikings fans. Hopefully, we are having the same conversation a week from now because I, I really think that this team is is on track to, to do some, some special, special things this year. That'll do it for this edition of Rob Logic. Thanks so much for listening.